Hello and welcome to my podcast. I'm Sades and I'm here to walk you through the many escapades of my life. I believe everyone has a story to share and that every story is worth telling, which is why I made this podcast. I want to thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy. Hello, 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 and welcome to today's episode. So today is going to be a heavy topic, but it is also a really important one and something I felt I needed to talk about. So just want to put a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode because I am going to talk about suicide awareness and suicide prevention. If you are in crisis or having suicidal thoughts, please call the toll-free National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-23-TALK, which is 8255. It is available 24-7 and open to anyone, and it is also confidential. Or you can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741741. There are many resources available, and please get help if you need it. I'm talking about this because it is a really important topic and I really want to raise awareness about it and discuss ways that we can aid in preventing suicide. I'm also going to be reading off some informational posts that I found on Instagram that I found really resonated or were really helpful and informational and um beneficial to this conversation. First, I am going to speak upon a personal experience. So last year on World Suicide Prevention Day, I made a post about my story dealing with suicide. So I'm going to share that with you and it's really vulnerable and hard for me to talk about but I know that it's really important for people to understand you never know who is struggling and you never know what people are going through and to really just be kind to others and if you're struggling just please reach out for help. January 18th 2016 I did not want to be alive anymore. I had a therapy session this day and I told the therapist that I didn't want to be alive anymore and she asked questions as you have to as a therapist, um, like if I had a plan and stuff and this isn't something I just decided the day of. I have had um, suicidal ideations for... I, I don't know, probably like um, a little while and I just knew that I didn't, I didn't want to keep going. She had asked if this was something serious. I told her um, the way that I, I told her I had contemplated swallowing a bunch of pills and I can't remember exactly how long before, but I remember being on my parents' bathroom floor and just having a bunch of pills in my hand and screaming for my brother, Casey, um, because I didn't want to follow through with it, but I just... I needed him and he came and took them from me and held me and I was crying and it was awful and I will never forget that um, image in my head but ultimately um, from this therapy session I went to the emergency room. My therapist 
had asked who I wanted to call to take me and she called my mom and my brother came with and they drove me to the emergency room to seek help. I had waited and I spoke to someone who ultimately gave me a couple options of whether I wanted to transfer to a voluntary short-term crisis stabilization center or if I wanted to go to where I would be admitted and then therefore couldn't be released until the doctors had seen fit. There were pros and cons to each. I ultimately decided to do the voluntary so I could leave whenever I wanted to. Um, And I'll get to that in a minute, but it was a difficult decision either way. Um, I just remember, you know, being at the emergency room and talking to the guy and then driving to the short-term crisis stabilization center and I'm going to be completely honest about my experience there. And I don't really feel comfortable about talking about, like, the things that made me feel suicidal. Um, I was very depressed, and I just was not in a good place at all. And it was for a while. It wasn't just, like, a sudden thing like I was saying. So once I got there, I had to get admitted. I had to speak to someone. They did, like, a questioner had me fill stuff out had talked to me and from there I will talk about what I remember at least I don't have the best memory and especially of things that I don't really want to remember but um, I really hated being there I was forced out of my own clothes and I was forced to shower and I did nothing but cry pretty much the entire time that I was there. So once I got there, they gave me clothes that I had to change into. And they gave me shampoo that I had to use. And it was like the one that... I don't know. Like it was for like lice repel... I don't know. It was something really like heavy and not... To me, honestly, it felt like I was being admitted into jail. And I don't take that comparison lightly. That's honestly how I felt. Uh, The bathroom was private. The shower was private. And I got to do that on my own in the bathroom. But I just felt very uncomfortable. I just want to say really quickly to... This was my personal experience at the time. It was years ago. It was over five, like five and a half years ago. And each person may feel differently. This is just my experience with it. I'm not saying don't go to short-term crisis stabilization centers. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying they're bad. It was my experience with this one place and it was just not for me. And that does not mean that it's not there for you. And that does not mean that you shouldn't try if it may be a viable option for you. So I just wanted to say that really quickly. Um, There really wasn't anybody that I saw my age that was there. I had gotten there late at night. um, So I don't really know how it even worked exactly. What I do know is that they had... Somebody, a professional to talk to at all hours of the night. So it didn't matter if it was 3 a.m., 5 a.m., anytime, literally anytime you could talk to somebody, which I will say was beneficial and helpful to have. There was one phone available to make outgoing calls to people, and I just remember I had made several Um, I had called my mom, 
and I had called my brother uh, who is in California and talked to him and explained like where I was and what was going on and I had talked to um, my husband and we weren't married at the time but I just remember using the phone quite a lot and not liking not having my phone and there was a tv but they had news on and I really hate news and find it depressing so it just made it feel worse so especially because it was nighttime um there wasn't anything really to do so I had tried and tried to go to sleep I couldn't fall asleep I was just crying and crying and crying in the bed that there was and there wasn't anybody in the room with me uh, with the bed or anything but I remember and I went and talked to one of the professionals and um, I got maybe a few hours of sleep and I had called my mom and said I wanted to leave because obviously it doesn't just my feelings didn't go away in one day we had made the decision to stay with supervision at my parents house for a while that way somebody was always there home with me whether it was my mom or my dad or my brother or Trevor came over a few times to be with me and I will never forget that day and I am really thankful instead of acting on my suicidal ideation that I got help. I just want to say really quickly too and I'm sure I'll say it later in this episode but please seek help. You are not weak and it takes so much strength to get help that you need and I haven't felt suicidal since 2016 and I still work constantly on my mental health and healing is a lifelong journey and different things may help different people and some things may not help others and you really need to just make the effort to try to find out what is helpful for you so not only maybe a day or two after this I wanted a tattoo and It says, Why Do We Fall? And it is from Batman Begins. And I'll say the quote again. um, Why do we fall? And the answer is, so we can learn to pick ourselves up. And this tattoo is placed where I would usually inflict self-harm on myself. On my left uh, forearm. And I haven't inflicted self-harm on myself since I got this tattoo. And this tattoo is a constant reminder of even though I was at the lowest, lowest, darkest place in my life that I was able to pick myself up out of it and I made it and I'm here and I'm alive and I'm in a place in my life where I never even could have imagined was possible when I was at that point in my life. And it was very difficult for me to talk to my family about what I was struggling with and I didn't have to share everything but just saying like these deep and dark thoughts and ideas in my head and how hard and impossible it felt to continue but people love you and care about you even if you don't think so just tell somebody that you're struggling and people can really surprise you and some people honestly might make you feel worse um I just remember like I don't know if people sent them to me or just like looking up online like different kind of cliche quotes and stuff that just really made me feel almost worse and I also 
received a hotline number when I was at this place when I left um, to call whenever possible. And honestly, I called it once. I don't remember how long after I left. When I was feeling really low and whoever was at my parents' house with me, like, I don't know if it was late at night or what they were doing or if I didn't want to talk to them about it, but I had called them and I felt worse afterwards. Um, the guy I had talked to just did not understand where I was coming from, wasn't understanding what I was saying, and just was not helpful at all. And I felt worse after the conversation and just cried and cried and cried and then eventually uh, just talked to somebody in my life instead of the hotline and was very turned off by the hotline. Which, again, I'm just going to say was my experience was the person that I talked to it could have been helpful to someone else. Maybe they were someone that wasn't trained. I am not, like, knocking hotlines at all whatsoever. Please call them. And if you get somebody shitty, then just call back and get somebody else or ask to be transferred to somebody else because this is your life and it is important and you need to talk to somebody who is going to help you. So if it's not that one person, do not feel like all hope is lost. Talk to somebody else. And please just know that you are not alone and you can get through anything. Do not be afraid to talk to people about your struggles and don't wait until it's too late. Check in on your friends and family and please know that your life matters. I was working two jobs at the time and I had decided to not return to my full-time job because a lot of my depression or just like really negative feelings or memories were at that place. Not, not saying that like work was my main source of darkness, um, but I just knew that I couldn't go back there and so... I talked to my mom and my therapist at the time and had them reach out to them and say that I wouldn't be returning for medical reasons, which isn't something to be ashamed about. So that is my story with it. Those are my details for now. Shall I feel inclined to talk about it more whenever I'm more comfortable, then that's okay. But I really wanted to share my story because, like I said, I made this podcast to make a difference, to help people feel like what they're feeling, what they're experiencing, what they've gone through or what they may go through in the future or what they are right now, that other people do too and that you aren't alone and I just feel like people can benefit from hearing my story. I remember reading a chapter or two of the book you're a badass how to stop doubting your greatness and start living an awesome life by jen sincero um which had made an impact on the few chapters that i had read at the time i felt like there weren't podcasts or i didn't really know what books or like stuff to read i feel like there are a lot more sources now than there were five years ago there's a little bit less stigma around this topic and around mental illness in general and so please look for different resources and utilize as many as you can and you don't have to wait till it's this bad or that dark or that low for you to get help. Now I'm going to dive into the posts that I've found on social media about suicide awareness and prevention. Just want to say I am not a professional and yet, um, but please reach out to a professional and know that these are just posts that I found online 
um, different statistics, different advice to help raise awareness and help prevent suicide in others. So this post is from Real Depression Project on Instagram, which is one of my favorite accounts right now. Um, and they have a lot of good content involving Suicide Prevention Month. So they posted, we lose over 800,000 people per year to suicide. It is the 10th biggest cause of death worldwide. Two of the leading factors that contribute to suicide are isolation and feeling like a burden. Speaking up when suicidal isn't attention-seeking. And having mental health issues doesn't make you weak. There's also that feeling of hopelessness that things will never get better, that people who have suicidal ideation think a lot and I can definitely resonate with that I just felt like things were never going to get better that things were always going to be this bad that I couldn't keep going and there is hope and you can get through this and things will get better so society and just people can view suicide and someone being suicidal as completely different so people who are suicidal often get dismissed and not taken seriously and are stigmatized for their struggle which increases their hopelessness and their feeling of loneliness social withdrawal and despair so instead we should make time for deep conversation and check in on each other regularly and take each other's struggles seriously because suicide is considered a tragedy. Everybody feels bad and people are present and wishing that they saw the signs and everyone wishes that they hadn't done it. But when somebody is deemed suicidal, people think they may be seeking attention or people might feel irritated or try to avoid them or dismiss them or people don't believe that they'll do it which can be extremely harmful. I mean, every person that feels suicidal or has suicidal thoughts or ideations should be taken seriously and it could save their life. This next post is about why someone who's suicidal may say, I'm okay when they're not at all. This can be that they fear being a burden more than anything that they don't feel safe enough to open up yet. They don't want to bring the mood down. They don't feel you have the time or a level of care necessary to explore their feelings as deeply as they'd like. They fear being judged or dismissed. So I hadn't talked to anybody about these really horrible thoughts that were in my head. Um, don't really know what brought me to talk about it with this therapist. I wasn't seeing her super regularly, but it is one that I saw often earlier in my life, and I had said to my mom, I don't remember how many sessions, but I had said like I really needed a session with her, and so that's when I went and had this, and I'm not quite sure what brought me to do it, but I'm really glad that I did. So kind of continuing just why people don't just consider suicide because they want their pain to end. It can also be because they want to stop feeling like a burden. They're tired of reliving their trauma. They can't envision a future they want to live in. It may be too difficult for them to see a like bright future and um, like I said I just felt really stuck and that things were gonna be as horrible forever um, they don't believe anyone cares about whether they're alive or not they believe others will be better off without them they've experienced loss and can't find meaning to go on they feel like they can't escape negative, intrusive thoughts. 
So when someone feels suicidal, they can't see another way out and they feel like they've exhausted all their options and feel completely trapped as I was saying. It's in those darkest moments that all the color is drained from the world and they can't see past their present circumstance, which is absolutely how I felt. I'm reading these posts because they're articulating things that I feel like I can't put into words or they put it into words better than I did. So this is why you should always stay with the person until the storm passes and be with them as they work through their way out of the struggle. And the next post is how to survive suicidal feelings. Recognize you don't want to end your life. You want to end a part of your life, an experience you're having in it, a moment of it, a problem you're facing, or a negative situation. And this is huge. So a lot of people can feel like, so I wasn't completely sure that I wanted to die. It was more that I, like I said, I didn't want how and where I was at in my life to continue, if that makes sense. Um, so the next point on here is prioritizing safety, removing any dangerous objects and find a safe place. And most often this can be a bed. Call a crisis hotline. This is especially important if you're considering attempting. They will help you get unstuck from painful, intrusive thoughts and work to keep you safe. Next is practicing self-soothing techniques. For example, repeat a positive affirmation. For example, I'm not the awful things my brain is telling me, or I am stronger than depression. Watch your favorite TV show, journal about your feelings, or put some essential oils on or diffuse them and practice deep breathing. Don't try to figure out your whole future. So. That's a big part where if you look at the whole picture, you can easily get overwhelmed and you do not need to solve everything all at once. And you'll get really discouraged if you try to fix everything that you're facing right now when really you just need to focus on your mental health and just taking things one step at a time. Reaching out to a loved one, and this will help you feel less alone, more comforted, and help you feel less stuck in your head. If you don't have a loved one to reach out to, visualize your idol, role model, someone who's inspired, who inspires you, and think about what they might say to uplift, empower, or motivate you in that moment. You are so strong and brave for fighting suicidal thoughts. This next one is a post on what it's like being suicidal and how to help. The first point is you feel intensely and profoundly alone. This is why you should always make time for those in a dark place and listen empathetically to their struggle. You feel completely helpless and trapped in your negative situation. You literally can't fathom a way out of it. This is why you should always promote a sense of togetherness and assure them that they'll work through this together. You feel worthless and have flooding negative intrusive thoughts that tell you the most horrible things about yourself. This is why you should always seek to empower those who are suicidal and acknowledge the good things that they do. You feel like a burden and like your loved ones would actually be better off without you. This is why you should always be kind and reassure them of just how much they mean to you. Please don't shame or judge their character negatively. This will only strengthen these negative thoughts. You feel completely unsafe in the world and don't know how they'll get through the next moment. This is why staying bad is a survival strategy. It's the only place they can achieve even a small sense of comfort. Please don't judge them to be weak for this. 
And please share this episode or something I've talked about in this episode. You can go and look for these posts and share them, but it's just really important. And I am really glad that I'm seeing more and more like last year I just felt like I saw more people post or reposting or posting about these really hard topics and it's just really great to see that people are bringing more awareness to it and sharing other ways that prevention how you can help prevent this I also shared something today actually it was a post that said I just saw a friend post about their struggle with suicide and a quote in their story was, I came to realize that I didn't want to die. I just wanted my life as I knew it to end. I think this sentence is so important. Your life can always take a different path and direction. There are opportunities to better your circumstance that you aren't aware of yet. And there's so much that your depression is filtering that won't allow you to see that in this moment but there is a way out of the negative circumstance even if you can't see it yet so now I'm going to talk about some suicide warning signs so some warning signs are talking about wanting to die or to kill oneself looking for a way to kill oneself talking about feeling hopeless or having no purpose Talking about feeling trapped or being in unbearable pain. Talking about being a burden to others. Increasing the use of alcohol or drugs. Acting anxious, agitated, or reckless. Sleeping too little or too much. Withdrawing or feeling isolated. Showing rage or talking about seeking revenge and displaying extreme mood swings. Some other warning signs may be uh, sudden happiness after a period of depression. I don't know if I said this before, withdrawing with friends and family, talking about being a burden, um, giving away belongings, direct or indirect speech, saying things like, I wish I wasn't here anymore. And this is not limited to these things, but these are some signs that you can look for. I'm also going to read off this post that discusses risk factors. Mental disorders, particularly mood disorders, schizophrenia, anxiety disorders, and certain personality disorders. Alcohol and other substance use disorders. Hopelessness, impulsive and or aggressive tendencies. History of trauma or abuse. Major physical or chronic illnesses. Previous suicide attempt. Family history of suicide. Recent job or financial loss. Recent loss of relationship. Easy access to lethal means, local clusters of suicide, lack of social support and sense of isolation, stigma associated with asking for help. Lack of health care, especially mental health and substance abuse treatment, cultural and religious beliefs, such as that the belief that suicide is a noble resolution of a personal dilemma. Exposure to others who have died by suicide in real life or on media or the internet. I'm just going to read a few more statistics from Positively Therapy account on Instagram, and then I'm going to talk about ways to check in on people or text to send to check in on people who may be suicidal. So here are some statistics. 48,344 Americans died by suicide in 2020. 1.4 million Americans attempted suicide in 2020. Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. Men died by suicide 3.6 times as often as women. On average, there are 130 suicides per day. Firearms accounted for the most used method of suicide. Suicide is the fourth leading cause of death for adults ages 18 to 65. Now, there were a couple posts on this, but I want to read them all, so if I repeat a few of them, I apologize, but here we go. Text to send to a friend who's feeling suicidal. 
I believe in you and the things you're capable of doing. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything you do and give. People need you. You are loved and you are not alone. I value you. We're in this together and we will get through this. Even if it seems small to others, I can understand it's big for you. You are doing your best and I am here to listen. It's okay to have those thoughts. I will be home soon. Please hold on. I love you. You are stronger than you think. Pull deep for that strength. You make me happy as a person. You are important. And here is another pose on how to check in on someone if you sense they're thinking about suicide. Know that it's okay to be direct when asking someone if they're thinking about suicide. Research shows that asking won't put the idea in their head. Most will be relieved someone cares enough to start the conversation. Assume you are the only one who will reach out. If you think someone is struggling with their mental health, ask your gut or trust your gut and ask directly. There is no perfect way of asking. It may take some practice to feel comfortable asking someone these questions. Here are some examples to get you started on how to check in on someone's mental health. How are you really? I care a lot about you and wanted to check in. It seems like you may be going through a lot. How is your mental health? If you sense they are thinking about suicide, here are some other prompts. Do you ever have thoughts of ending your life? Do things ever get so overwhelming that you think about killing yourself? Do you have a plan or means to act on thoughts of suicide? This is a difficult conversation for anyone to have. Additional resources and guidance to support you in having this conversation are available at afsp.org slash realconvo, R-E-A-L-C-O-N-V-O. And going back to Real Depression Project's posts, here are... 50 ways to reach out to someone without asking the words, how are you? One, share something that made you think of them. Tell them you miss them. Ask their opinion about a new song you heard. Remind them they're not alone. Ask if, they're, ask if they've seen a popular new TV show. Let them know you're free to chat. Ask if you can help them with anything. Remind them they're loved. Ask about a recent post that they made. Acknowledge things haven't been easy. Ask if they've listened to a new song you like. Share a piece of news they may be interested in. Offer to run an errand for them. Tag them in something on social media. Ask if they were free for a coffee. Remind them of a nice memory you have of them. Send a photo you love. Acknowledge their strength during these times. Share some good news you have. Send a funny meme. Tell them you miss them. Ask about something they shared on their story. Send them flowers. Express gratitude that you have them in your life. Give them a compliment. Share what they mean to you. Wish them a good day. Compliment them on a selfie they shared. Acknowledge the good days they've done. The good things they've done, sorry. Thank them for the joy they've given you. Send your prayers to them. Send a cute gif. Ask if they want to watch a movie with you. Tell them you can't wait to see them. Thank them for still being here. Ask their opinion on something in the news. Ask their opinion on a new outfit you got. Send them a book you like. Tell a joke. Tell them they're enough even on their bad days to you. Congratulate them on a win they've had. Send a love gift. 
Ask if they've been following a sport you like. Assure them you won't leave their side. Ask if they want to go for a walk. Remind them of a funny joke they said. Send them an e-card. Tell them how much you love them. Give them a phone call. And number 50 is thank them for their loyalty over the years. Reaching out to people can save lives. And now I'm going to read the best conversation starters that actually encourage someone to open up about their depression. I noticed you have been feeling down lately and haven't seen yourself. I want to check in properly and see how you're doing. I've been following a depression page on social media and noticed a couple posts that apply to you. I just thought I'd share it and see if you're okay. I may be wrong, but I care about you so much and don't want to brush over it. You appear okay, but I know you've had a lot to cope with. I just thought I'd check in to have a deeper conversation to make sure you haven't been suffering in silence. Hey, I noticed the other day you were talking a bit more bleakly about the future or the things in your life. It didn't feel appropriate to bring it up in a group setting, but I thought I'd reach out now to talk more about it. I know you've been through a lot lately, and I want to make sure you're not alone during this period. Want me to bring some dinner over later this week and talk more about things. All these conversation starters highlight your reaching from a place of love and help build a safe, non-judgmental space for someone to open up to. Wow, those are really good, and I just, I couldn't just... Receiving one of those when I was going through it, I was, I mean, people are hiding a lot and it's hard to know what people are going through, but checking in regularly on people that you care about, especially if you know that they're going through a hard time or, I mean, even if you don't know, because a lot of people hold in all those feelings and it's just really important to have these conversations. I only have a couple more that I'm going to do, so please bear with me. This next one is how to make someone with depression or anxiety feel loved. When they break down over something small. Don't judge or guilt trip them for their behavior. They already feel bad enough for this. Recognize the role of their symptoms in this moment. They can be hard to contain. Acknowledge the trigger and that while it may not be a big deal to you, there's something bigger that's happening for them. Reassure them that they're loved, that they're not alone, and that their struggles are valid. Give them the compassion that they're unable to give themselves. Often with depression and anxiety, We are our own worst critic, especially when we're triggered. So just giving them compassion because they need to be beating themselves up and they need somebody to say, hey, like, it's okay and it's going to be okay. So this next post is also from Positively Therapy, which I read one from before earlier, but it is the different levels of suicidal ideation. So at the bottom, there's no thoughts. And then above that is random intrusive thoughts. And this can be passing thoughts, curiosity. What if I jumped into this passing train or off this bridge or something like that? next level is thoughts of morbidity, thinking about own death or about dying. What if I didn't wake up? The next is suicidal thoughts, no method, plan, or intent, thinking about killing oneself but without details or intent. I wish I could just kill myself. Suicidal thoughts, method, no plan, or intent. You have an idea of how you would do it but with no intent. I could overdose but I won't. Suicidal intent, no plan. You intend to kill yourself, but you don't have a plan yet. I'm kill- I'm going to kill myself, but I don't know how. Suicidal with plan and intent. This is a plan, how, when, and where, and you have intent 
I'm going to overdose tomorrow at home after school, and then the suicide attempt itself. This is a really hard topic to talk about, um, but I do think it's important, and it's hard to be reading these things out loud, to be quite honest with you. I mean, it's different than just reading them or just even typing it in general, but something about like speaking these words or even probably hearing them um, that you are right now can be really hard and difficult to sit with. And like reading off those different quotes of the different levels is just really hard. So now I'm going to read some of these and give special love and thoughts and compassion to anyone who is dealing with suicidal thoughts, for people who are fighting the urge, for those who feel there is no other option, for those who lost somebody to suicide, for every single person who has died from suicide, and for anyone who loves someone who is suicidal. To the people who have been affected by suicide in any way. To the people who have attempted suicide. The people who are dealing with the aftermath. Those who feel alone or trapped and those who are scared to reach out for help. For the people who experience suicidal thoughts but battle to keep alive. For those who have been affected by suicide or loss of loved one as a result of suicide and all have been taken away from the world too soon. Another important thing is to educate yourself about mental illness because the more that we understand, the more that we're able to support and empathize and not dismiss people for having these thoughts. It's important to end the stigma behind mental illness and because this is just goes really kind of hand in hand with suicide prevention. I mean, I also just want to say too that this is suicide prevention month it does open up a conversation um about suicide and brings awareness to it and that's really important and it's great if you're sharing stuff and talking about it and trying to learn more I really think it's important because there are these months dedicated to certain causes or certain things, but it's really, really important to have these conversations year-round and not just the months that are dedicated to them because these things are happening every day all throughout the year and it's amazing that there is all this focus on it, but it really should be spread out because people need to know that they have some kind of support in you. When you share a post about this, I mean, it may be something that somebody really needed to read or something they really needed to see or they see that you are comfortable whether it's share, resharing something or posting something yourself and knowing that you may be a safe person to talk to about feelings that they're having or just different things like that so I'm sure there are many other things that I could include in this episode I can always make another one um, when I feel called to do so I'm sure there's things I left out there may be things that aren't true for some people who are dealing with suicidal thoughts um or anything, but I just think it's important to have these conversations, like I said, and just I wanted to share my story, and I really wanted to bring awareness to this to help prevent it from happening to anybody, and how we can make a difference in our own lives and to other people in our lives, or even in a stranger's life. 
I just saw this post that said maybe you went through it and survived just so you could help someone else through it and that is so powerful that just wow that's just really big so I just want to wrap up this episode by saying again you are not alone you can get through this you can get through anything Don't be afraid to talk to people about your struggles. Don't wait until it's too late to check on your friends and family. That you are strong. That things won't always be like this. And that your life matters. I really want to thank you for listening and allowing me to share my story into the world. And to hopefully make a difference. And please share this episode with anybody you feel like they need it. I feel like I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you liked it, feel free to rate and review on the app. um, Subscribe if you want to catch new episodes as they're released. I appreciate you tons. Bye! Just understanding where that person may be coming from and also different like warning signs like I said or how to check in on people. I just think this episode is very, very, very important. And um, thank you for listening. Please feel free to reach out to me um, through email or through my Instagram. It has a link to my email or you can personal message me on there. I'm always willing to have a longer, deeper conversation about this with anybody if they shall need it. So, alright, bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you liked it, feel free to rate and review on the app. Subscribe if you want to catch new episodes as they're released. I appreciate you tons. Bye!